If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. Post day 972 of quarantine. I mean, I'm just over here living in a world of half brown hair, half blonde hair. Um, in fact, can we take a moment of silence for all the good hair color that we're missing right now? Oh, yes. Does the Do the drapes match the curtains? Uh, you let that grow too? <laughs> almost, almost. Actually, almost, almost. It's getting there. It's getting there. I had to use my husband's shaver the other day and I was just like, oh, I'm so sorry that I'm using your shaver on all the wrong things. <laughs> but you're not going anywhere because you're stuck with me. Um, well, today we have one of my favorite comedians who I had the pleasure of meeting back in the day. She got in bed with me a long time ago, Ooh. Um, and now she's back for more. Heather McDonald. Heather McDonald. Hello. Woo. Thank you for having me. So excited to have you here, girl. Hot stuff. Mm. Well, I do have the makeup on. I was saying uh, yesterday I didn't, but I knew I had you guys. I have another thing, another Zoom thing. And then I do cameos. So I kind of like, I like to look cute for the cameos. Not that everyone <laughs> feels that way, but for me, I just, I feel like they deserve some lashes and some bronzer. So they get that. You can just use a filter that does that for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. Really? I don't know if I don't know how to do all that stuff. So I, I like to not overly filter and all that stuff. Cause then when I would go do stand up, people always said I looked even better in person. It's like I'm the opposite of every other social influencer. I like look skinnier and cuter in person. So I like that. What do you look like on the days that you're not made up? So just like a, like a bun or something, because I've been taking a lot of walks and um, oftentimes like the same outfit, you know, because it's just like yeah. that's the top of the, the heap or whatever. And I mean, the other day, my son just goes, I'm so sick of seeing that shirt on dad. <laughs> <laughs> and like one is like a St. Patrick's Day shirt that you know he like got for St. Patrick's Day in anticipation that we would maybe do something cute for that, but we are already in quarantine for St. Patrick's Day, so um, yeah, it's all it's all that kind of stuff, you know, with the the kids and hanging out, and it's fine. Do you like shower every day? Because sometimes I'm I'm I smell myself and I'm like, oh oh god, like maybe no, you with that. Yeah. I don't shower every day. We do have a pool, which we heated. Shower? That's a bath. A cover, so we're going in the pool a lot. And um, that's really, I've, that's, I love being in my backyard. So that part of it is great. If Gavin Newsom, every time there's a helicopter over the over the pool, I tell my boys, I'm like, that's Gavin. He's making sure that we're that, that we're related. No, there's only four of us in the pool. There isn't five. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, right? Oh. 
Are you not dying to see an outside face, though? That's like for me, I'm like, oh, my God, like an outside face. Like, that's why this is so amazing. Like our podcast, because it's like we get to see like new, fresh faces. I feel like we need yeah. to touch people, though. You know, that's to, that's for me. I'm like, I just want to touch you, Roxy. And I, I'm missing. I've realized that I've only touched the same three people. Well, including myself for, um, <laughs> for like for two months. Yeah. You know, like that's it. There's no skin to skin connection and we all need some skin to skin. I know my boys are 14 and 17 and then my husband's in the house and even my cat is a boy. And I'm like, well, you better be nice to me because I might be the only woman you see for the rest of your life. <laughs> and then with the boys, I'm like, you guys better get along. You're each other's only friend. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, so I you try to be hopeful. And I was, I was saying to you before we, we start recording, like you, there's little glimmers of hope and then you wake up and then it just seems endless. So, you know, it's good to have something like this uh, to look forward to just as like, oh, I have that tomorrow because it's like, what else is there? Yeah. Yeah. But we're still doing our podcast, Juicy Scoop and um, have continued through it. So I've continued working. I just have one other person, my producer that works with me and we don't have anyone come in the office or whatever, but, um, and I'm grateful that that was able to happen because my other half of my career, which is doing live standup shows that all got canceled. And I have dates set for the fall, which I'm hopeful for, mm -hmm. but you know, again, you, you know, who knows? So we'll see. How is so in quarantine? I mean, are you guys like everyone getting along very well? Like, is it pretty smooth sailing or are there like, you know, moments where you're like, get it's me out. pretty good. There's been a few moments of just like, oh my God, you're so annoying. <laughs> or even when I'm like, what time is your class today? You know, what, what time is the zoom? And, and they're just like, oh my God, who cares? It doesn't even matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I'm like, it kind of really doesn't, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I think anyone will use zoom anymore after this is over? Do you think everyone's going to be so, it's like having too much caramel sauce, right? You're like a yeah. little bit of caramel sauce is good. But like, once you've had too much, you're like, I am done. I'm never touching that on my ice cream again. Do you think people are just going to be so fucking over looking at people through zoom? And like, that's it. Like this is, it was a nice period for this time, but no one's going to do it again. Or do you think that they'll, they'll keep up with like, everything could be a zoom call. Now we don't have to have meetings. <laughs> that's your dream drama. Right. It's just, my dream. <laughs> if I don't have to see people in person, it's like, I, I'm, I'm my insula personality is very happy. <laughs> I mean, my, my, I have a friend who's in North Carolina and she's in software sales and she's like, you know, it's a, it's interesting what will happen after she goes, because normally these meetings that I had this week would have involved me flying to Nashville, getting a hotel room and having these meetings in person you know, will now a company start to say, we don't need to spend that money on you going to Nashville. We'll just do the Zoom. Or will, what I kind of feel is if that, if, if this would have ended like two weeks ago, I think maybe people would be using Zoom. But now I agree with you in that when this does finally end, there's going to be this like resurgence of people wanting to meet in person, mm -hmm. wanting to go into the office wanting to, you know, realize that, that there is something there. But what's also nice is that I think, um, going forward, what could be good is like, if your kid is sick for a week or something, maybe there'll always be a zoom option in the classroom, just like a cop always has a camera on himself mm -hmm. so that they don't miss anything or they can, 
you know, or if they do have a sporting thing or an outside activity, they can pick up the Zoom class that night. So I think that's something that would be cool if 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 classrooms and schools incorporate that, you know, um, for the future. But do you think like but people would still come to class? Do you think that once everything opens up, though, you'll be like one of the first to go out and like be out around other people and be out in public? Or do you think you'll hold back a little bit and just kind of like see how it goes? No, I'm, I'm going to be out and about. I mean, I, I, you know, it, it's, it's weird. Cause like anytime someone sees you even having like a, you know, any kind of possible fun or that someone's even close to you, then, you know, they, they they're so mad to see that anybody's having a good time or on a yeah, bicycle yeah. or whatever. And I get it. <laughs> you, you know, if you're like in an area where you can't go out, but, um, no, I'm ready to like, just, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And if they tell me I can go out, I can go out and I'm going to go to restaurants and I'm going to see people. And if I can perform, I'm going to perform and I'm going to go on planes Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and rock it out. It's interesting because when we talk about FOMO, like I used to always, you know, the death of happiness is comparison. And I always used to compare myself like on Instagram. And that's like why I secretly hate myself. But now I'm comparing everyone else's fucking homes (laughs) because every time that you're doing like a Zoom call with all the kids at school, you're like, bloody Ben from Bakersfield has an amazing freaking house like and they're all in the pool so now i'm having total like comparison against people's houses i'm like i had no idea that lillian lived in that house yeah that's funny yeah that's true yeah or just taking the time to set up like a zoom corner that's like flattering yes yeah, I, yeah, I, I just finally started to do it because I was like, oh, this is going to last a little longer. Let's bring out the good light. Let's have like a cute yeah. background. Like, let's get some self-promotion going if we're going to do this. You know, let's get, make a little more effort. So, yeah, I definitely think, but what you're saying about FOMO, I was saying as um, we were talking before, like as actors and comedians and, and people that produce, you know, in entertainment, the fact that nobody can do anything. Because even when I'd have some downtime and I'd be so happy to be home that weekend, then I'd open my Instagram and I'd see all my other friends who are performing or had a sold out show or they'd throw up a deadline article on Instagram that they sold a show. Then it wasn't that I wasn't happy for them, but I'd, it'd start to make me feel like, Heather, you're not doing enough. You're not working hard enough, you know, and that anxiety and that FOMO kind of comes in. And the fact that nobody can do it is what's saving it. Or same thing with like the kids that um, couldn't do sports like this season, you know, and, and the fact that nobody can do it. Like if it was only happening in California, that would be really unfair to the California kids trying to get into school. But the fact that nobody, that everybody's spring seasons were were no go also i think makes it better so those are those are some of the things everyone's screwed (laughs) i like that everyone's screwed together (laughs) yeah (laughs) everyone's like i know i feel bad too for the kids who are supposed to graduate this year right no they're just kind of like shit out of luck you know it's like okay that's it you know, onto the and next. kids, Roxy, I'm like, I don't think like in, in kindergarten, you're supposed to be able to read. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm like my first grade, they'll be like the dog is like pretty much as far as we've gotten so far. Cause I don't think I'm that great of a school teacher. I try. I think I'm like really hard on her in some way. That's why I probably shouldn't like, I don't have the patience that my teachers, the teachers have, but I just get angry when they don't get it. And like, she's five years old. Like she shouldn't know the word philanthropy at five, but I want her to. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard, you know, yeah. just, 
better that you just stay the same. So whatever that is, it's going to be blowing off some shit. It'll be okay. You know, Heather, Tam and I have this debate. We talked to other moms on this show and we asked them, is it worse to have young kids having to homeschool them during this quarantine time? Or is it harder to have older kids? So what is like your kind of take on that? I think I'm lucky to have older kids. I think it'd be much hard. I think it'd be harder to have like more like if your kid is like five, I say who gives a shit or preschool, like don't even worry about it. But I think if your kid is like third or fourth grade, those are kind of like pinnacle years for learning how to like read a book and do a book report and the math is getting harder. And like my son is in eighth grade. I don't really care because he's going to start high school and it'll be kind of starting from fresh anyway. Um, my other son, uh, I'm just at this point, he's a junior and I'm kind of, I am just kind of like, who cares? I mean, I don't know. You know, we check, he says he's doing it. You know, uh, yeah. But at least I, it's at least I'm not having to sit there all the time. And, um, but I just saw that somebody put on like good morning America that some woman tweeted, like I, I'm I'm ending it. I don't care don't send me any more Zoom classes. I'm pulling my kid out and I don't care. And it went like viral and other people are like, yeah, you're right. Like, you know what, the, what who cares if they don't finish this, this semester? We're going to start all over in the fall, like with whatever yeah. they're learning. I mean, it's hard if it's like you've got to, you're finishing a language that, or a math so they can go to the next math. That type of stuff is fine. But if it's just reading and and numbers for little kids, like don't even worry about your five-year-old. Who cares? I know. And their mental state is the most important thing. And I read this article about like, we should thank our kids for also being heroes. I mean, think about what they've been thrown at them. They can't see their friends. They can't go play at parks. They can't, they, everything has to be online and they're rising to the occasion. We just have to cut them a little slack, you know? We really yeah. do. Yeah, it's a very weird thing. So I want to go back to your early LA comedy days because Roxy and I are, Roxy's part of the Groundlings and I'm part of um, UCB. You're oh. like, that's not going to go well. No, just <laughs> no that's I, know, great. I know that you started the Groundlings as did my friend, Wendy McClendon Covey, whom I love. Groundlings yeah. is actually really hard to get through. Than like, Roxy, I'm very proud of because I know UCB, I think they just want to keep, making like the money every so like I just I'm like I'm a level four now and now I have a stand-up group um, I mean a, a sketch group and, a, and an improv group but groundlings are really hard to get to the next level like what was your experience like back in the day when you started there well when I started to t- I looked into two different cl- two different things groundlings and there was this other group in the Valley. I don't even know if it exists anymore. LA connection or something. Mm -hmm. And I went, I auditioned for both schools and the LA connection, which was not as busy or, or prestigious, um, as world renowned. Um, they were like, Oh, we'll have you performing like in a couple months on a Sunday. And so I remember I went home and I said to my mom, because I I'm from the LA area, and I said, um, I'm going to, I think I'm going to do this one in the Valley. Cause then you guys can come see me and I can start having agents come and blah, 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 you know, so much quicker than this other program that is a long, you know, couple of years before you even get to perform. And my mom's like, well, no improv is like tennis and you want to be with the, the best players. Mm-hmm. So you want to be in the place that, that, you know, has produced the best comedians and everything. And that was really good advice because for me, I really loved it. And I did feel it was like graduate school kind of, um, the, at least when I was there, everybody had gone to college and was like in right around the same age. And 
not not every and what was also cool is it, what, not everyone was like a theater major or anything. There were like advertising execs and people that you know at the lower levels just wanted to do something at, at in the evening, and then other people that were more hardcore, like pursuing it for acting aspirations. Which then, as you went up the levels, um, it, you know, you really it was great. And I mean, so, so many of the people from there have gone on to be, mm-hmm. you know, all different levels of entertainment. You know, some in front of the camera, some writing, producing. And so it, it was really fun, but it's crazy when you go back and I, I just recently went and it's just so small. Yeah. Like I do, it was such a small theater. It's not, it's 99 people. And there were like 18 people in the Sunday show and we still couldn't fill the place. I know, but it feels so big when like, you always go back to your like school or like when you're in the beginning of like your career and you're you, in your mind, everything was so much bigger and you go back and you're oh, like, yeah. wow, like that, that's where I started, you know? Yes, And it was so, so much of your life and so people were dating each other and you were like, if I don't make it to the next level and everyone would get on the phone. Cause in my day, everyone was talking on the phone and you'd get on the phone and be like, oh, I can't believe this sketch didn't make it. And I mean, <laughs> there was one point where I was like, I think I was in it when like survivor just started or, or a real world or something. And I go, this feels like a reality show. We should have a reality show about the groundlings because it's felt so, talking about each other and alliances. And I'm going to try to do a sketch with this person because this person has the heat and then I'll be seen in the sketch. And that part of it was, um, stressful too, but, but it was, you know, fun all at the same time. But yeah, it sound, it seemed like the pinnacle of your career, which it was <laughs> when, when I didn't make it. I remember Jennifer, when I didn't make it into the main company, um, after being in Sunday show for two years, cause there were so many people and they, they do this weird thing where only they can only have 30 members in the main company at a time. So if it's full and no one's giving up their seat, then you'll just never get to that level. And I just remember, uh, and they don't let you just restart to retake classes like Scientology, like you're out. <laughs> and so I just remember her calling me and going, Heather, like just, you're, you're mentally healthy and that's good. (laughs) Comedian actress person I know, and you'll just be fine. And people that don't make it, honestly, their careers do better because they don't get wrapped up in like, I'm going to be doing this show on Friday night or whatever. So Mm -hmm. that's like a nice alternative to not making it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's so funny too. I feel like people who don't, who have never taken improv, it is one of the most frightening things. Like you have to have balls to get up there and just be exposed like that. You're just vulnerable. You're open. Like people don't understand how much it really takes to do improv, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And it's really fun. And my, my son did a summer class this summer and Melissa McCarthy's daughter was in the class with him. Oh, fun! So I saw her and it was just, it was really cute to see you know, and, and almost like almost everybody in the class, like their parent was someone from the groundlings, like, and and you really do kind of pick up that and they, you know, your kid, just like, if you're come from a family of doctors, I think you might probably do better in science class. If you're from a family of actors and comedians and they're just naturally kind of funny anyway, because they've been around funniness, you know? Yeah. It's such a, um, it gives you such interesting view of life, I think, improv, because, 
you know, you practice, if people don't know this, who are listening, the game, which is like the meat and potatoes. Like what's the funny of the scene? And then you play up on that. But you find the game in so many different areas of life. And when you talk to people, you you kind of talk to them in first, second, and third beats. But until you really know what improv is, you don't realize how much it does apply to your life. And also I realized that I don't listen very well and improv helped me in my own relationships with people because you can't do good improv if you don't listen to what's happening. And I think we all just talk to ourselves while other people are talking. Like we actually yeah. are taking information in and improv really teaches you how to take in information. So I think everyone should take an improv class, just how mm-hmm. to be like a better human in a way. Right. Cause it really is about like listening and yes. And, and, um, mm-hmm. but I remember I started doing, um, standup around the same time as I started doing improv and I was doing both at the same time. And I just remember like after the, maybe the, the third class where you have like a little, like a little show like on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. They were like, okay, you're good, but um stop winking at the audience. And I go, at the audience. And they're they're like, there's a fourth wall. And that was the first I'd ever heard about a fourth wall. And I go, what do you mean? Because I was like, if I'm doing something funny, I'm like winking at the audience because in stand-up you involve the audience. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know, telling a story and you're, you know, and kind of, even if you're not talking to them directly, you're like engaging them and you're getting there. So that's when I was like, oh, I get it. Like there's a difference between these two kind of comedies, which I didn't really get, you know, so um, kind of interesting. It's like learning to, you know, two languages at the same time that sometimes it's it, sometimes it's really good. And sometimes you're not smart enough to handle it, you know? <laughs> Did you always know that you wanted to be a comedian? Was that always sort of on the radar for you? Um, yes, I think so. From very young, um, we would watch Evening at the Improv on the A&E Network. Uh, we had cable. Don't mean to brag. <laughs> you guys were like highfalutin. <laughs> we were a total TV family. Like, had a TV in the kitchen. Parents loved TV, loved it till they died. Like, literally, like, that's... And so um, my dad was in advertising, create commercials and stuff. So we were always watching TV. And, um, and you know, just I just watched. I was just like mesmerized. I loved Joan Rivers. I'd stay up late to, if she was um, testing for Johnny Carson. Otherwise, I didn't care for Johnny Carson. I thought he was just a boring dude. Like, but if it was her. And um, so... Uh, like I, I remember seeing Roseanne and being like, oh my God, like that's like the first mm-hmm. I really saw like a stand-up act that was like probably the most relatable to my kind of comedy, like telling stories and focusing more on your life than, than even like Joan Rivers, like was such a set up punch kind of a joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I kind of thought that my parents were like really encouraging. And, um, and then in high school, I got into um, USC, but I wasn't going to be a drama major because, oh, you went to SC? Yeah. People are probably so sick of me talking about SC. Someone said that the other day. Like, they're like they said, you they can't, you you know, you misspelled something on your Instagram post. Stop, stop bragging about USC. And I'm like, look, it wasn't as hard to get into. <laughs> right. I hear about it all the time. Roxy's, Roxy's in it. Like, all her friends come on from USC because they've yeah. worked really well. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, if we have to hear about USC every... I know. Really, yeah, like, no one really talks about their school. They're like, oh, I went to this school. But it's not, like, such a thing. Like, what sorority did you go to? I'm 
like, I fucking didn't even, there are no sororities in Australia. Like, no one cares. And USC yeah. is such a different level. I mean, when you go to USC, you have pride. Like, you are like, I went to USC and it's like, fight on, you know, all the way. Right? Yes. And I, I think, and I liked that about the school because I do kind of have that weird, like loyalty thing. Like I'm, I'm proud that I, I'm, you know, baptized and raised Catholic. I'm proud that like my parents were Irish. Like I, I kind of like that, like thing. So when I discovered in looking at schools that definitely drew me to like that loyalty and that like fun thing about it. And, um, so yeah, then I, I wasn't going to be a drama major or anything like that because being from LA, I was like jaded and I thought this is such an expensive school. I should, um, be able to get a job doing something else when I get out. But my parents were, even said, uh, you should, you know, you sure you don't want to switch the major, you know, before I went in there, because I did this really cool thing, these one act plays at my high school. And, uh, I was like, no. And, for a little bit, I regretted it, but then I didn't because so much of my comedy and my way of creating kind of came from being just around normal people. Not that drama people aren't, but like I was going, I was able to go to normal classes and go to, you know, the draw, the couple drama girls in my house, they, you know, they had to do, they had to pull the rope one season. They had to, you know, be backstage. They, they had these big productions and like nobody went to see them. And like, and then a couple of them ended up getting like burnt out and either didn't pursue acting or got on the other side of it. So I'm like, I think maybe by me not doing it those years and really living like a real sorority football game, fun life. And then I would do like a recap of the night Friday morning that was like basically stand up and I didn't even realize it. I, you know, so I think everything always sort of works out the way it's supposed to work out. So you were in a sorority? Of course. Which yes, one? She, she looks like she was in a sorority. Which one? Okay, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Whatever what that you? means. I don't know much about sororities. What, what? Were you in a house? Yes, I was. Alphabet and Sadie Tia. Now, wait, you're younger than I am, but when I was there, it was very demographic about like what house you ended up in, like where you came from. So where did you grow up? Texas. Oh, Texas. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a little harder to guess. Huh, right. Do they stay the same sororities? Because I don't know much about this. Because again, I'm not from they, here. They, they're not. Or do they, they change they, names? No, no. They always stay the same. But so what are the names? So like DG, which is Delta Gamma at SC. <laughs> that was all the girls from Newport. You were a Theta. You were a Theta, Heather. No, Theta was Pasadena. Oh, were you Kappa? I was a Gamma Phi, which in my time was a definitely more of a mix. Okay. Alpha Phi were the girls from the Valley. And that was the one I almost went into. That was, and then, but I chose Gamma Phi because my mom was a Gamma Phi and they were just pushing me a little harder and they were great. But I had friends who were Alpha Phi's. We were all friends with each other. Right. Um, so I, Texas is hard to guess. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to say Pi Phi. Close, but not. Try Delta, baby. <laughs> Tridelt had a Tridelt had a gorgeous house, gorgeous house on the corner with that big lawn. That big house, like corner, sneaking all the boyfriends. For someone who doesn't know much about sororities, how do you get 
picked into sorority and do some people not have a sorority and do you have to like play the game to get in? Like, what is the whole deal with sororities? Again, it's nothing from where I've come from. <laughs> it's a whole process. Like rush is like a week long process before school even starts for the year. And you go through, you know, you have all these parties, you're meeting all these different girls from different houses. You're kind of getting a feel for everything. But it's, I mean, some people you gravitate towards, or, you know, or not, but it's just like an interesting, it's like, but before that, they've all had like your application. So they've all been studying like, oh my gosh, it sounds like mean girls. And then what about, I always yeah, got but, picked but last. You know I always got I picked always, last for the yeah, softball you know, team. So I feel like I was like overweight, chubby, curly hair, like braces. I feel like I would have not been picked for a sorority. Oh, you know, it, it. the thing about it, though, that is sort of cool about it is it's a it's there. You do learn skills about uh, like recruiting people and being like kind of in sales and ingratiating yourself and making someone feel really welcome. Because if if you if you're on the other side and I'm trying to get you, I'm going to be asking you questions about your family. I'm going to remember those things the next time I see you like there's that part of it that I think is positive. Um, but it can be really, really heartbreaking too. If uh, all your friends got into one house and you didn't and, um, and that kind of thing. But if you can get in one, even if it isn't your first pick or whatever, then you'll make those, you know, I mean, I'm friends with my girls and we still get together. I just saw them in DC a couple months ago and, you know, and that part of it is, is really special that, you know, so I'm, but it goes in waves and some people see it and in different political climates, it's looked down upon, you know, um, throughout history and then it comes back into style and then it's, but you know, it really is about finding people that are kind of like you. So I, I don't think it should be something the way, I don't think it should be something that the university ever takes hold of because, you know, like, well, okay, now Democrat, you know, now you've got to get this many people and, you know, like if the house, so I like that it still remained what it is, but, um, but then other schools, it's not a big deal and, or it's kind of looked at as lame or whatever, or, or if you're on a sports team, you may feel like that's my friends. I don't need this other outlet of creating mm -hmm. friends, but at a big school, sometimes that is the only way that you can kind of really connect with a group of people is to try to do the Greek system. So when you wrote your memoir, which is you'll never yeah. blue ball in this town again, right? Yes. <laughs> so yes. good. The um, title's amazing. Painfully funny quest to virginity, losing your virginity. <laughs> Something about losing your virginity. Yeah, yeah. Now, is that yeah. about your college experience and that you wanted to lose your virginity, but you just gave kind it up too quickly or too like, slowly? It was basically, it's just... Um, you know, one of those things where I went to college as a virgin, I didn't have a boyfriend in high school, even close. And I just, you know, my goal was not to stay a virgin till marriage or anything like that. But at that point, I was like, well, now I've gone this far, I would like it to be a boyfriend. And then it just like, if, you know, I, so then throughout college, I, I, dry humped a lot and I had yes, fun and I dry hump. Can I talk yeah, about the dry hump, it. bring it back <laughs> again. But like only one guy was like kind of my boyfriend and then he liked me too much. And then I was like, ew. So I didn't really have a boyfriend in college. Well, now I'm 21, 22. Now I'm out of college now. Okay. You know, and then you're, then I was always attracted to dating like older guys, like a 30 year old or something. And then 
if you don't bone that person by like the third date, they're like, this chick doesn't like me or she's dating somebody else. And then if I told them that I was a virgin, then they'd get all freaked out and think that I wanted to have their baby or marry them and they'd blow me off. So then I basically started to keep it a secret. Like during my groundling years, I just didn't share it with, with new friends. I just pretended like I was that I, you know, had sex, but I just wasn't having it with anyone right now. And, um, and then, and so then that's why it took till 27 to finally be dating someone. And in the end, um, we'll read the book. Why would I give it away? Can read a book. <laughs> tell but us, end, tell us how, how it happened. You have sex? Every detail. I finally Every did it. Right Obviously I finally did it. And it was not my husband, but I didn't have a, I only had sex with three people in my life. Really? Um, Yes. And I do. I don't, I don't recommend my journey. I say, get out there <laughs> and bone. I really do. I really, um, you know, but I also think know yourself and protect you yourself. You, so huh? do you looking back, do you wish you had had more sex before? Okay. Before marriage. Okay. I wish I, I wish I had just like, like tried it out, went tried to it. college and maybe like got on the pill before college and still like liked someone that it wasn't like, you know, slutty, especially now. I don't, you're so there's, there was a lot of slut shaming in my day and stuff and people talking and knowing who boned who. And, but a lot of people were, you know, in committed a lot. It felt like a lot more people were in committed relationships, like in high school and college. So they were having sex, but they were like together for two and three years. Now it seems like younger people are just hooking up means boning and it doesn't matter. And so I would definitely say, like, um, protect yourself in every way of like not getting pregnant or having a venereal disease and your emotions. But I think you, you should have some fun and experiment and get down and know what you like. Uh-huh. And you say like, if you, how do you tell a man what you like, if you don't even know, you know? Right. And like, for me, I was, um, we talk about this, but I was an overweight child until I was about, you know, 16 up. 16-ish, and I didn't really get a lot of attention, and then I started to get some attention as I went into like, you know, 18, 19, 20, and so then I kind of did play the field a little bit, and looking back, I'm glad that I didn't get a venereal disease that I know of um, or had a baby, and the thing is, you know, I'm glad, though, that I had those experiences because when I met my husband and we were sexually active, I was like, okay, this is what I want. This is, this is, this after trying 365 different men. <laughs> this is what, just kidding. One for each day. <laughs> a couple guys, maybe more than a couple. Um, you know, this is what I'm into. And so our, so our life when it comes to sex has been very healthy because I knew what I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I think, but I also do appreciate when girls will come to me and they'll be like, Oh my God, I was like you. And you know, I just, you know, I, it be, sometimes I just think it can become like a, a burden almost and embarrassing for guys and girls if they, if they're a certain age and they haven't had it. And everyone immediately assumes, were you molested? Were you, are you a super Christian? Are, you know, are you gay? Or, you know, everyone wants to put that on somebody. And that's what also gets to be really annoying. But then of course I was like, oh my God, if I was a virgin in this day and age, I could have probably been the bachelorette. Like, like that's now, now that's like a brand, you know, to be a virgin. And for me, I was like hiding it. So then, so then 
post couple kids, I wrote the book and I was like, well, now I'm going to capitalize on the virginity that I didn't capitalize on before. (laughs) Now, so, you know, we're all in quarantine here. Is quarantine, are there like sexy times happening for you in quarantine? Is it like a sexy time or is it just like, because I know Tamara and I talk about this with our husbands. We're like, it's not feeling sexy today. Like quarantine is just not sexy. Well, I'm always into sexy stuff. Um, I'm like the enigma that's always like, please, can someone just lay their body on top of me? Because I feel like I'm connected to something. Maybe I need to go to a therapist and realize what is wrong with me. But I would like, if anyone could lay on top of me every day, I'd feel, I'd feel safe. <laughs> um, but I know that people are struggling sexually in quarantine, you know, cause it's yeah. like, you see the same person all the time and you don't feel sexy. Like you don't, you know, with your hair growing everywhere. And I mean, Heather, I don't think you, because you look amazing, like <laughs> yeah. your bomb. So I'm sure together. your husband would be very excited with this little package. <laughs> Well, also, I just think if people have a relationship where, you know, they do the date night and, you know, they want to feel, you're feeling sexy because you got cute and you wore heels and you went to a dinner party or whatever your routine might be. Um, Also, never having a break where like the kids aren't gone at school or, you know, people that have young kids sometimes, you know, do it at odd times. And then that time doesn't really exist anymore (laughs) or you know or just being stressed and yeah and then also feeling like I mean one of the reasons that sex goes down once you're married is like well we don't have to do it tonight there's always tomorrow well now there really is tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow so it's like yeah no ending point you know it's like I wonder about like the affairs and stuff like people that were having I thought about that yeah Yeah. people that were having affairs they just probably had to shut it down because yeah. like, they were probably like, Hey, I mean, we were, my husband and I were just like, we took the, this, this car that we have cause it's convertible and we were going and we're just on driving around like some Canyon uh-huh. and I've lived here my whole life. And we went up Tuna Canyon, which I've seen my whole life. I've never <laughs> taken it super windy, but whatever we've got. Canyon, like the, the fish. Oh, yes. It'll take you to like Santa Monica Malibu, but you would never take it because it, it's a longer route than Topanga, but we have all the time in the world. So we take the tuna <laughs> and, and, you know, this is like a couple weeks ago and we see this like sheriff's car, like off to the side. And my husband's like, he goes, what are they going to like arrest people that are like on their way to the beach? Like how weird is this getting? And I'm like, no, that's a sheriff that's having an affair with someone. And they're like fucking probably hiding around the corner boning. I don't know. I know. I thought about that. And I thought, what about like if you get the virus and maybe that's the telltale sign that you've been – because like what if you've been quarantining yourself for a month and all of a sudden you get it? You're like, who did you get it from? Right. But I think what's great is since nobody knows how you get it, you could say, yeah, right. You could say the groceries. I mean, the grocery store, we go to the grocery store and we wear the masks and the gloves and we wait six feet apart. But are you telling me that when you're walking down an aisle and someone's walking toward you, you just go a little to the left. It's not six feet. We're breaking the rules all the time. And then we all are using the same cash thing. And then we leave. It's just like, come on. So it's who knows where you get it. But I wonder if a lot of those affairs, like, in, in people saying like people are getting divorced or whatever, I bet there's people that might have been considering it or at their wits end or maybe pursuing someone else. And then because they couldn't see that affair, they maybe are like sitting down and going, you know what? That was reckless. I don't want to pursue it. It's over. 
you know, because so many times affairs start because it is exciting and you can go see them for an hour and it is fresh and, and then you can't. So it's like, I would predict that more marriages are going to be saved and stronger because of all of this versus the, the other. I'm not going to lie, though. The D word has crossed my mind a couple times during this fucking quarantine. <laughs> you know? I know you can throw it out like Roxy and what? I have like thrown right. it out flippantly, but our husbands have never done that to us. But like, we're like, eh, it's just hormonal. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, de- I mean, I definitely think that, too. And or, you know, yeah, I think there can be something in that, too. And I was saying, like, you know, with all these, um, you know, big weddings that unfortunately have to be postponed, you know, it's it's really like, honestly a gift, I think, to these couples, because either it's going to make them realize that it is just a day and a life and a marriage is a lifetime. And how did you guys react in the the fact that your dream was crushed and that you had to postpone it? Were you both mature? Were you, was he sweet to you that you were sad about it? Or was he like, get over it? Did you reevaluate it? And now you're going to get married, but you're not going to spend that much money. Like, I do think a lot of momentum about things will never come back. Like, you know, or we're, you know what, we, yeah, or, ter- or, you know, now you're in a different financial state, so you're not going to have the big thing. Or did you, were you having second thoughts and then this happened and you're like, oh my God, it's a sign from God. Yeah. Let's just postpone it indefinitely because I'm not really feeling it anymore. So it, I think that like those kind of things are, are cr- very juicy and interesting. Yeah. Roxy and I were saying that it's really forced us to be vulnerable because, mm-hmm. you know, and have empathy because when you're stuck with someone and you can't go to go get a glass of wine or go out with your girlfriends or go on a work trip or distract yourself, you have each other and you actually have to sit and be uncomfortable and be vulnerable and actually talk through your stuff because there's nowhere to go. And by doing that, I feel like my communication with my husband has grown exponentially because I don't want to fight for seven more hours while I'm stuck in the house with two children. So like, let's put the kibosh on the argument fast. Say, what do you think you're hearing? What do I I think you're saying? That's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Cool. Let's move on. So hopefully some of the tools that we've learned through quarantine can continue the rest of our marriage, you know, because I think some of them have been healthy. Yeah, I definitely think that's true. Cause it's like, especially with me, like if there was an argument or where there was tension or whatever, it's like, well, goodbye, you know, I'm leaving for three days to do shows. <laughs> and it's like, we barely talk or we text or whatever. And then we come back and that's not really been settled. And you know what I mean? And now it's like, um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen improvements on both of our sides. And so, but I was thinking about it and I was like, God, I just want to sit outside at the village in Woodland Hills and like, just go to a happy hour, whatever. And so I'm like, I'm like, wait, I have two little waiters that can like bring us drinks. I think maybe we'll do that. Like we'll have dinner and I'll be like, you guys, you have to just come and say, how you guys doing tonight? My name is I'll be your waiter tonight. I'll be like, Oh, hi. Um, what are the specials, you know? And then they can like, and then I can insist that my Chardonnay bottle be put in an ice bucket and they have to bring that. And, and you don't like, like the wine, you take it back. Yeah, I mean, yeah, totally. And then we have like a gift card and then the, he gets pissed. <laughs> so during, whole this, thing. during this quarantine, have you discovered any pet peeves about your husband that like irritate you? Well, one thing that my husband is great about is he does do stuff around the house yeah, and he, same. he does get motivated by doing stuff around the house and he does make 
the boys help him, which I think is good, you know, but he also then uh, starts things and then loses interest. So I came home yesterday (laughs) and he goes, oh, you haven't seen the bathroom? Drake's really good at painting because my son is so tall. He can like really get up there, you know? And, um, and I go, you painted my bathroom. He goes, well, go look at it. And I walk in and it's got the blue tape everywhere. And I was like, he goes, we did the ceiling because it's like creamy, which it should just be white. And I go, okay, well, why don't we just do the rest of it white? This yellow cream from like eight years ago is out. Let's just do white. And he's like, Oh, I don't know about the whole thing. Oh, like, is that it now? Like, <laughs> we just gotta stop with the ceiling. Oh, I'm a so bit that's like kind of irritating. Like, I'm like, don't start. Or he'll do this thing where he'll be like, "Do you want to get um like Flemings or whatever tonight?" And I'll go, "Yes." And then we all get excited. And then he goes, nah, I don't want to do it. That's, my husband does that with restaurants yeah. all the time. It bugs the shit out of me. I'm like, I go, don't bring it up then. Yeah, I think that's me. That's I think that's me. You're that so person? I think I'm that person. I'm like, oh my God, I want it. And so I started cleaning all the doors and the walls. But then like after like three doors, I was like, ah, fuck it. I was yeah. like, no one's coming in here anyway. So I think that's me. Or I'll be like, oh, we haven't eaten out yet. So this is two months I've been cooking. So I'll say, yeah. like, you know, fuck it. We should just get a pizza. We'll warm it up. I'm sure it'll kill the virus. And then like just before I'm like, hey, but you know what? We've come too far. Like we don't want to get it through our food. And my husband's like, I've been thinking about something other than your cooking for two months. So I feel like that's me. I think I'm going to try to be better with that. Oh, just get the food. You'll be fine. But it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense that people are so afraid. That's what I'm saying. None of it makes sense. the road and coughing like literally across the road. But yet if someone coughs on their hands and puts it into the food and you eat it, you can't get sick. That to me doesn't make any sense. That's That's why I kind of feel like it has to just be like at one point everyone's just going to say fuck it. Yeah. yeah, like you can't touch a tree, but you can eat someone else like making some ramen. I mean, I don't know. It just seems weird. I know. It does. It just, that's why it doesn't really, it doesn't really make sense. And it just seems like a weird trend. Like, oh, how fun. We're all, we're all wearing masks. And it's like, okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's, I mean, and then if, but if you say anything, then someone tries to think that you, you know, have some political agenda and you're like, no, I no. I look, I get it. If you're, if you're around people, you should be wearing masks, but like me running across the street when there's no one in sight, what I don't like though, and this is my biggest, my biggest pet peeve about this whole situation is when you're on the street and someone comes directly for you. It's like, are we not in the, like, are we not aware of like, they don't cross the street. So we'll have two kids and three of three dogs, two kids and two humans. And there'll be like a jogger with no mask that will come straight past me. And that to me is like, you know what, your breath, your hot breath from your running, like is going to come into our lane. So I, but I don't say anything because so I just be passive aggressive and I'll just be like, feel like that's too close. (laughs) I know someone got too close to my husband at Costco or something and thank God I wasn't there. And I'm like, just as long as you have your mask on and you can't be recognized. Yeah. Right, right. And then, you know, I'm like, don't be, don't be getting in like arguments with like randoms. Like who cares? And then you have to but you know, that's the way people feel, feel when they get like, you know, Hey, you're like, you're not even paying attention. Look what you're doing. Whatever. Yeah. Costco's one of the places too, where things go down. Like there's like shit that's gone down. There's like fights and like, it gets pretty raw, you know? Yeah. We should do a throwback Thursday of all the toilet paper. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like throwback to when we used to be able to wipe our butts. What I don't understand about that either yeah. is how, shower. 
Like, if you can't find any toilet paper, just take a shower. It's not like water or food. Like, we'll be okay if there's no toilet paper. Use, use a newspaper or a magazine or, I mean, it's inconvenient for sure, but we can just get in the shower, a bidet. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I think it was just one of those things that it made people think like, other things were not going to be available. So right. that's like, it was the first to make people nervous. Yeah. I would have never thought about it like that until everybody else was freaking out. And then it was like, oh my God. Do I need to freak out too? You know, it's a whole chain reaction. We have enough. So, so before okay. we make you go to your next thing, we want to do two things. One is I, we do never have I ever. Which okay. We'll do at the end. And then, and you can say no to this, but it's actually my favorite thing one of my favorite things about you. Do you mind doing any impersonations for us or no? Oh, sure. sure. Quarantine impersonations. So I know you do Drew Barrymore. I know you do yeah. Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And you do... I do a bunch of housewives. If people housewives. Are housewives. Okay. But, um, but I'll do whatever. I'll do those. those okay, two. Rox, who do you want to see first? This is amazing. If you haven't seen it or heard it for any of our listeners, then you're in for a treat. You're welcome. <laughs> Let's start off. Okay, let's start with Jennifer Aniston. I'd love to hear her. Okay, all right, all right. Oh, okay. <laughs> I am. Oh, I am at my wits' end. At first, I was doing great. I was walking around my eighteen acres in Bel Air with my dogs and my dry margarita. And then I was like, you know what? I need to see my friends. This is awful. <laughs> when are we going to get back to doing the morning show with my girl Reese and? Uh, <laughs> I just need, you know, a lot of Aveeno skincare and smart water is keeping me hydrated. And I like to wear a mask, but then at the same time, it crushes my face. And I just lost it of this stuff. And I'm ready to have some fun. You sound so like her that if I shut my eyes, I feel like she's on, the, she's on yeah. with us. Thank you. So good. Okay. Uh, Drew Barrymore is my next. Okay. Um, first of all, thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I'm going a little stir crazy. Um, thank God I have my makeup line. I just came out with a new mascara to just help long lush lashes. It's called Princess Warrior. And if you could see, I have little stubby eyelashes. After I applied Princess Warrior, it was like, who went to the eyelash store? But you don't. You can order right now and you can feel beautiful and oh my glowy and special. Oh. oh my God, the mouth, the mouth, the mouth. Oh, it's so good. Oh, my face. Nini Leaks. I can't really do Nini Leaks. I don't really do. I don't, you know what? I try not to do people that are not um, white. I mean, just to be safe. Yeah, um, good Ramona singer. Or if I know them personally, which I don't Do you know, know. Ariana Grande. Oh, didn't you want me to start working on Ariana Grande? She wanted me to work on our. I will work she's on good, Ariana. She's a Grande. good one for you to do. One that I love to do right now is Ramona. Singer. Ramona, she's I was about to say, yeah, on Real Housewives of New York. Yeah, and she is quarantined with her daughter Avery, and she'd say she would be like, you know what's really kind of great is that I'm with my daughter Avery, and you know she's in her twenties, and there was this time where we didn't really get to talk that much or see each other that much, and now we're cooking and we're exercising and we're just you know making some fun cocktails. 
with a lot of ice and Tito's. And um, I made short pork chops the other night for Mario. My ex-husband looks like a little bit awkward, but you know what? He is Avery's dad. And I'm just trying to just have a peaceful time and do some TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bon- bonus. Can you do her crazy eyes? The ones she does the runway, you know, the runway walk? Yeah. yeah. What does she do? She does... How does it go? Yeah. yeah. I love a lot it. of like, you know, oh, okay. Well, I really want to apologize for that. Yeah. <laughs> if you can be impersonated, then you've made it. So. Yes. Oh, everybody. So nobody's ever had an issue with it. They, they're smart enough to know that it's flattering and they like it. And, you know. Amazing. Okay. So let's do on Never Have I Ever and we'll get you out of here. Woo, let's do it. But all the all my stuff is on my Instagram at Heather McDonald. And I also do um Barbie reenactments of some of my favorite reality shows. Mm-hmm. So I like dress them up in the same outfits and I do the voices but with the Barbies. So they the housewives like that too because they're all gorgeous and tiny little Barbies. So that's pretty flattering. Big boobs, tiny waist, the whole bit. <laughs> okay, Rox, you have a never have I ever want to wing it. Do never have I ever gone for more than three days without showering in quarantine? <laughs> no, I think I have not gone three days. So, how do you say it? You say no. no. <laughs> oh, say no. Oh, okay. No, I haven't gone three days. I've definitely gone two. I don't think I've gone three. Never. I mean, showering is one thing. Not washing my hair, I go a long time. Oh, yeah, I think we're like two weeks. I, it's, it's but like showering or something, you know, at least, uh, yeah. It's hard because my daughter has butt length, blonde, curly hair, and it's just such a nightmare to clean her hair. And I realized how much our nanny did do for us. <laughs> She's only here two to three times a week, but I was like, oh my gosh, her hair always looked great because she would wash them on those days. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I feel like everything would just be better if she could just come once or twice a week. I feel like we'd just all have our shit together. It'd be a dream. Okay. Never have I ever had sex with my husband on FaceTime, not in the same, like, not never, never, never. I hate FaceTime with anybody. Have you done it on the road? Like sexual FaceTime? No, definitely not. Never. If I do FaceTime, it's only like, maybe I want to see my kids or something, but not not sexual. No. You haven't sent like a sexy picture while he's a very unopportune time. <laughs> oh, that, that a little bit. Sometimes yeah. it's kind of fun, but no, not the talking. I don't want to see like, it's just never flattering. It's just always <laughs> like, no. And then it's, it's exhausting because your arm has to hold up and you're tired. <laughs> yes, so I don't really like, enjoy so it. You can have one of those stands now. They're only twenty nine ninety five. I definitely need to get the stand. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah. I really don't like it. Have you done that Roxy? So yeah, you know, what's funny. Actually, I was just talking to my husband about this, um, back in the day, like when we were dating, we used to do like fun little, you know, I'd like text him like dirty, like little things and all that. And I tried to do that to him like two months ago. And he was like, what is I wrong told you with to, you? Remember? Yeah, yeah. Tim was like, why don't you do it? I'm like, I'll try it. And he's like, this, this is what I just texted my husband. He was literally like, what is wrong like, with sure, you? Okay. And then like she did. And he was like, what the fuck? Like what's going on? He's like, who has taken over my wife's body? Like, who is this? (laughs) Back in the day, though. Back in the day. Back in the day. Another a few more, and then we're done. Yes, go ahead. Never have I ever 
Let's say never have I ever not shaved for more than a week in quarantine. Maybe yes, maybe I've got a week. Okay, so you now that it's hot out, I am shaving. But you know, there was that time that it was like cold when it first started. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I haven't shaved my underarms because I just want to know what it feels like to just. Oh my god, I can't really... shaving the underarms. I feel dirty. Like if it gets starts to get long, that's like the one thing I have to shave. Yeah. Every other I just day. want to see. I just want to see how long I can grow it, just as a test. <laughs> no wonder my husband's not laying on top of me. That could be the reason. Could be the reason. Okay. Never have I ever given my kids canned soup or canned something for dinner because I'm just done with cooking. Oh, my kids eat horribly. They always have. And they're giants, and they've never had ear infections, so whatever. So you're good. Okay, yeah. last one. So they, we, last have, one. we have a strict um, Kirkland from Costco menu. Completely, uh, they do not like organic food. They, yeah, it's a lot of. It's not. It's not. It's not great. But they're healthy, and they don't have broken bones because they drink a shit ton of real milk. So. See, there's something to be said for that. Okay, never have I ever, never have I eat, ever eaten expired food in quarantine. Mm-hmm. Expired food? Yeah. Like, you know. Oh, I think I ate some expired. It's uh, not expired, but you know, when they go best before, if yeah. it's like a couple days, I'll still eat it. But that's the way I've always been. I, I've always been kind of like cheap like that, in that, unless I, unless it smells weird or something, um, I definitely don't like old cheese. Old cheese, I can't do. But like yeah. a little bit where or if it's like a juice or something and you drink it and it's like a, acidic, I'm like, who cares? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. there's benefits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Heather. Where can people find you um, on your handles and your podcast and everything else you're doing? So right everything now. is at heathermcdonald.net, but podcast is Juicy Scoop. You just type that in. Of course, you can subscribe and listen for free. And um, yeah, and my Instagram is at heathermcdonald. YouTube is youtube.com heathermcdonald. We throw lots of videos and you can watch the podcast. I know a lot of people are kind of getting more into watching um, podcasts mm-hmm. too. So if that's something that you'd rather do than just listen but uh, yeah, it's been, although you find, it'll be doing it for five years this July, the podcast. Oh. So, and on, they just, I, they just named me CSNBC said um, the 10 podcasts that a psychotherapist said I you saw should that. Oh, and I'm so number good. eight. So it's a good, fun escape. It and you know what? Just- it's, it's hard work too. So you should pat yourself on the back. We know we've been doing this a year now and it's consistent and it's, Sometimes you don't feel like doing it, and sometimes it's it's a lot of work, you know. So, yeah. kudos to you to having a good work ethic and just keep trucking that train forward. That's all. Yeah, Heather, that's all it is. Guest? Who's been your best guest on the podcast? Who's been your favorite? I mean, I've I've had so many. It's like sometimes just someone sort of surprises me, uh-huh. you know. Um, which I, you know, you you don't think like someone's going to be, you know, come up with something that's like so interesting. Like 
I'm just, this is just coming to me, but Chaz Dean, you know, who's the creator of when mm-hmm. I just became friendly with him through parties and just, you know, he's always inviting me to things. And so I had him come on and I was like, okay, I don't know. Once we get past like how he created the when product, <laughs> yeah. talk about, you know, and then I just go Chaz Dean. I'm like, that can't be your real name. And he goes, well, actually, I don't know what my real name is because I was adopted. And then we got into the juiciest like adoption life story about hmm. his siblings. And I just kept asking questions. And so like, that's one where, you know, I wasn't expecting the interview yeah. to go in such a juicy personal way. So yeah, it's, um, you know, We've you never know. We had one food blogger that came on and all of a sudden we thought we were going to talk about food and we're like, oh, what are we going to talk? And then we found out that she was like, she was part of Loveline and then it just devolved into crazy stories and golden showers and all these things. And we're like, what is happening? So you just never know. You never know from, you can never You never know. You never um, know. And on that note, thank you so much for being Heather, part of this podcast. Yes. We are Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. Thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. Take care, guys. And I am Tam and And I'm Roxy Manning. And we are Women Women on on Top. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.